Previously on X-Men. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. Hey, what's up, Cool Breeze? It is me, Icy Robots, and we're back for another super fun episode of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe. That's the one where we take a look at some of the coolest comic characters Marvel has to offer all through the lens of the Seminal Guide, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. This week, we're going to take a look at a character I myself don't know a lot about, but we're going to have fun to learn together. That character goes by the name of Jubilee, but until we get to that, let's let's bang that gong. Let's light that incense. Let's take it away. That's true, you are right now listening to Icy Robots Radio, home of this show, home of World Famous, home of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast, home of the famous show known as Geek Fest Rants, all, all kinds of fun stuff over at IcyRobots.com. But today, today we're going to talk about Jubilee, and Jubilee, like I said a minute ago, is a character I don't really know a lot about, honestly. Like, I, I unfortunately sort of turned my nose up at the whole X-Men kind of, kind of thing going on. I was... I was off reading my own comics. There was like this thick lore of X-Men comics and I just I just avoided the whole thing. It was too hard to dig into when I was already I was already reading Sergeant Rock. I was already reading G.I. Joe. I was reading all these other these other books that I still I still enjoy today, but Jubilee Jubilee to me was very representative of like that eighties, nineties kind of mall style with neon and stuff, and I just turned my nose up at the whole thing, which is sad because now I look at her and I'm like, you know, Honestly, she has a very cool look with those glasses and those yellow, uh, that yellow jacket and everything. She's honestly quite cool, and I, I do appreciate her now at this point, but I don't, I don't know a lot about her in general. I know that she's the hang and clang with Wolverine, that they were kind of, they were kind of Marvel's answer to Batman and Robin in a kind of way, like a really gruff guy and a really upbeat younger, younger character, and that was, that was cool, man, that was a popular team-up for a while, he's, uh, Wolverine has been, he's been kind of tag-teamed with a couple, couple other chicks over the years, you know, Jean Grey, uh, Kitty Pride, and then probably finally Jubilee, unless, unless he's doing some hanging out there with, uh, the new X-23 Wolverine, I don't know, I currently, I currently don't follow the X-Men comics all too closely, but I, but I don't know, man, maybe, probably, it seems just like something our homeboy does, but let's, Let's start into this. First thing we're going to find out is kind of some personal details about her uh, physical uh, form and whatnot. Personal details, height, weight, and that sort of thing. Her name, her given name, her government name is Jubilation Lee. That's that's a cool name, that uh, Jubilation. Her current alias is Jubilee. But in the past, she has gone by Wondra, Firecracker, and her friends sometimes, sometimes call her Jubes. At one point, she was affiliated with Excalibur as well as X-Force, the X-Men, and the New Warriors. Her father is named Zahn. Her mother is named Jingi. They're both deceased. She has an adopted son named Shogo. Her marital status is that of single. She's a female. She stands a tall 5'5". She weighs 115. Her eyes are brown. Her hair is black. Her origin is a mutant, but at one point she was a vampire. Her status, she's currently alive. She appeared in the Earth 616, that's the standard Marvel Universe, her place of birth. Beverly Hills, California. Identity secret, citizenship, American occupation adventurer, former teacher, political advocate. She graduated from the Xavier Institute. She was created by Chris Claremont and Mark Silvestri, two of the all-time greats. 
Her first appearance is X-Men number 244, January 1989. I want to give a big shout out to MarvelFandom.com. That's where this episode's info is coming from. I do not have the 89 supplement where Jubilee first appeared. So we're going with what we do have, which is this amazing online resource, dude. They got, like, every character, and they, they're just, like, so, so in-depth. I would say they rival, if not, uh, get the better of the official handbook, dude. They're so much more up-to-date, but that's, you know, that's just technology and stuff. But let's, let's dig into this a little deeper with, uh, some character bio-type stuff. Character bio. Like, how did they get their powers and stuff like that? The daughter of two prosperous Hong Kong immigrants, Jubilation Lee, was born and raised in Beverly Hills, California, and lived a charmed life. Jubilee attended an exclusive Beverly Hills school, where she discovered her great talent for gymnastics. Jubilee first discovered her mutant power to generate blinding and explosive energy fireworks, while running away from mall security. The stress of running away from the security guards caused Jubilee to emit a large light energy blast while in a back alley. This completely disoriented the men and allowed the frightened young girl to escape. Her life changed completely in one night, when her parents were killed in a mysterious car accident, leaving Jubilee with no one to turn to. Jubilee was then sent to an orphanage, but ran away and hid in a Hollywood shopping mall. Frustrated with the young girl's rebellious nature and powerful light shows, the mall security hired mutant hunters, known as the M-Squad, to capture her. Jubilee held her own by blasting the M-Squad's energy tractor beams, but she was eventually caught. Lucky for her, Jubilee was rescued by the X-Men Dazzler, Psylocke, Rogue, and Storm, who happened to be shopping at the mall. This is, uh, this is like basically a retelling of the Batman mythos, but instead of Gotham City, you have, you have Beverly Hills, which is, you know, this is really like the Gotham City of the, of the West Coast. You got Beverly Hills, which was really in, in, in the cultural zeitgeist at the time, you know, with 90210 being all super hot on the Fox network with your Dylan and your Brandon and your Brenda and your Peach Pit. Shout out to Joey Tata. Shout out to Joey Tata. This is uh, very, very much with the time, you know, the mall culture and everything. And then you have the the comic book trope of, you know, the character's parents dying, which I which I believe is a child's biggest fear. You know, you're young, you're vulnerable, you're scared of everything in the world, you don't know anything. Your parents take care of you, and the scariest thing you could have would have them yanked out of your life. And this is, this is what happens to Jubilee. So what does she do? She runs to the one place she loves above all other places, the mall. At this age, we all love the mall, dude. This was like, this was like back in 1989. And I was, I was hanging and clanging around the Santa Rosa Plaza like crazy. I was over at Wet Seal. I was over at the uh, Hickory Farm store. I was over at Miller's Outpost. Miller's was my, that was my spot where I would get my Levi Silver tabs and my, you know, graphic tees and stuff, and I imagine that, uh, our gal Jubilee was over at Claire, is getting her ears pierced, over at Wet Seal, over at, uh, any, any number of places, maybe, maybe at the leather store, buying that yellow leather jacket that she has, maybe over at, uh, Spencer's Gifts, 
getting those goofy sunglasses that she wears, which are actually quite cool. I, I take back that they're goofy, but she runs to the one place that she loves above, above all other places, the mall, and when she's there... She can't control her mutant abilities. She's shooting beams left and right. And the poor the poor people who are just trying to run a plaza, they're just like, I've had enough of this mutant menace. So they call in these uh, these mutant hunt hunters to, to beat her up. But it doesn't work, dude. She fights them off. But luckily, luckily some X-Men are at the mall. They're over at the warehouse getting records. You know, getting Pet Shop Boy records. Getting the, the latest Dazzler record. You know, any any number of things from, from Casablanca recordings. And they, they save her and they take her off to X-Men Academy. Academy where she studies and that will uh that'll be the next segment. Let's uh let's take a listen and, and learn more about that. Upon receiving extensive training in the Danger Room, Jubilee joined Storm, Wolverine, Psylocke, Forge, Banshee, and Gambit as a member of the X-Men. When Wolverine was kidnapped by the hand, Jubilee argued that she should be allowed to help as she had previously fought and defeated the Hand, and found an unlikely ally in Psylocke. Jubilee and Wolverine grew a close father-daughter relationship with one another. Jubilee needed the guidance of a parent, while Wolverine needed the peace and joy of a child. The duo teamed up to fight Sabretooth, Omega Red, Sauron, Sentinels, and even sought revenge on Reno and Molokai, who she believed had murdered of her parents. When I think of Jubilee, I think of Wolverine. I feel like they're they're really hand in hand. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, they were almost like uh, Marvel's answer to Batman and, and Robin at one time. They they had a lot of adventures together, dude. Don't don't let that little brief bio really take away from that. These guys were were together a lot. But it's it's interesting to hear that at one time Jubilee defeated the Hand. She has she has these uh, light powers, but the Hand though is like a, a very dangerous group of ninjas. I I kind of think that that over the years the Hand may have been they may have been played kind of weak at first, but then over time they became like a massive criminal organization. So maybe maybe what she's saying when when she defeated the Hand was that she knocked out a handful of ninjas, not that she. Not that she fought and defeated the entirety of the Hand, because the Hand is led by Electra, and I think that Electra would, I think that she would beat up and knock out Jubilee. No offense to Jubilee, I love you, Jubes, but uh, Electra is on a, she's on another level altogether. We'll have to, we'll have to do an Electra episode at one time. That's, that's a character I, w I wouldn't mind, mind learning more about. But in this, in this last bit, you hear that she also defeated Sauron. Sauron is like a giant flying dinosaur with wings and little underwear. I don't even, I don't even know, dude. Are these, are these light beams more powerful than I imagine? I always, I always kind of saw her as kind of, kind of like, you know, she's cool. She can like throw out little beams and stuff and you can shoot little, little whatevers. But I guess these are probably very devastating. I, I would imagine if one hit me, I'm going to, I'm going to get knocked over backwards. So wh who am I? Who am I? And also, you know, she trained with uh, Wolverine. She trained in the Danger Room. Our our gal probably has some awesome martial arts. I imagine that Wolverine, with with his lifetime of experience, his lifetime of murder, he probably he probably knows some ways to take somebody out, and he can impart these these secret techniques, these hand techniques, onto you. Let's let's uh, let's let's go forward. We're gonna we're gonna find out a little bit more. Jubilee was invited by Night Thrasher to join a new incarnation of the New Warriors, composed mainly of depowered mutants. This new team was equipped with reverse-engineered technology that gave them new powers to fight crime while going against the government's Registration Act, adopted after the first superhuman civil war. 
Among her new teammates was her close acquaintance John Ostasmore, the former mutant chamber, who had also been depowered after M-Day. Jubilee assumed the identity of Wanderer and was equipped with a power suit capable of lifting a freight train over her head. She acted as Night Thrasher's second-in-command and was responsible for the team's training sessions. As pointed out by Sophia Mantega, Jubilee had a tougher exterior than years past, likely due to her responsibilities of training the team. After a few months working hard, Wanderer and the new warriors apprehended numerous villains like the Grey Gargoyle, Anaconda and the Rhino, never missing the chance to publicly slam Tony Stark and the initiative. I dig it, dude. Our, our gal Jubes is out there. She's uh, anti-registration, which was the big the big crux of the Civil War series in, in the comics. You had you had Captain America and his rebellious heroes. Then you had the the other side with Tony Stark and Mister Fantastic, who wanted superheroes to register. I can I can definitely see this from both sides. Superheroes are are incredibly powerful and they can be very destructive. So I get why you'd want to register them, but then I understand the the personal freedom aspect on the on the other side. But honestly, at the, at the time, I was definitely on Captain America's side. But as I as I get older and I see more and more of the world, I probably I would probably lean toward having people with superheroes register their powers. But one of the one of the things of the initiative was you had to you had to register yourself as a superhero. Then you had to join a team of Avengers. That would be like designated to different states. There was something called the 50 States Initiative where each each state was going to get their own team of Avengers. And if you registered, you had to sign up for this. What if you're just like, bro, I don't want to fight in like superhero fights. I want to I want to like hang around my house just because just because I can shoot light beams out of my fingertips does not mean that I want to go out there and fight with the rhino. I don't like to fight, but any anywho, our our gal Jubes did like to fight, and she she got herself like a power suit, and she became Wondra, and she went out there and she fought the good fight against against the Initiative, which is which is cool, man. You gotta you gotta stand up for what you believe in, and I would imagine that like part of this comes, you know, her rebellious '90s nature, and then she's trained by Wolverine, who was for sure on Captain America's side and all this. At point, he uh, thought that maybe they should go and assassinate Tony Stark and 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 end all this. You know how. You know how Wolverine is, but that was that was honestly one of my favorite times in comics, the the whole Civil War era. That that book was written by Miller. It was great. Then you had these awesome Bendis uh, Avengers, and it all tied together. Just really, really great stuff. They mentioned M Day in there. I believe M Day is the whole House of M thing, where uh, where the Scarlet Witch. No, is this? I I get confused about a lot a lot of these things. There's so much. So many comic things rattling around him in my giant head that it's hard to to get them all correctly. But I think that um this was when the Scarlet Witch used uh, her powers to depower all mutants except for except for some. So some of these folks went on and they continued their superhero abilities, and some of these folks went on out there and continued being superheroes. Uh, you know, without their powers, they they found ways to fight the good fight, and you gotta. You got to give it up for that. What's going on? There's somebody... Cat, get out of here. This this desk of mine has a little spot underneath, and sometimes the cat sleeps under there, and she just... She jumped out and, and walked away. That startled me a little bit. I apologize. This is some Bush League stuff, but this is amateur radio, bro. I don't know... I don't know what you want, but, uh... Jubilee did other things over, over the course of her life. She adopted a child that she rescued. Like, she rescued somebody, and she she adopted him and made him her own. We, we, we heard she had an adopted son in the... In the bio part, the 
the cat's meowing. I'm going to have to go, and I'm going to have to take care of that. I'm sure you can hear it in, in, in the back, and I apologize for that. Real Bush League stuff, like I said. We're going to... We're going to jump ahead really quick. We're going to discuss some of Jubilee's powers and abilities and Three, stuff. Four, four. Powers and abilities. Like what can they do and such. So we know that Jubilee can like, she can like shoot lights out of the tips of her fingers. But let's, let's see what we can learn like officially more. Her, her abilities are called Lumakinetic Explosive Light Blasting. Jubilee possesses the mutant ability to generate what she calls fireworks, also known as energy plasmoids or explosive light blasts. These are essentially globules of energy that vary in power and intensity. The explosions can result in anything from a multitude of colorful sparklers capable of temporarily blinding a person to a fairly powerful detonation capable of smashing tree trunks or even metal objects. Jubilee can also absorb the generated fireworks back into her own body without harm. According to Emma Frost, she has the potential to detonate matter at the subatomic level. Psionic shields. Jubilee's mind possesses a natural defense against telepathic detection or attack. These psionic shields render her mind slippery and invisible to telepathic beings unless they know precisely where to scan. Let's, let's take a quick look at the power grid. Her intelligence is that of two. Her strength is two. When she was Wondra, it went up to four. Her speed is two. When she was Wondra, it went up to three. This this suit that she wore as Wondra was pretty dope. Her durability normally two. When she was Wondra, it was three. At one point, she was a vampire. I don't know too much about that, but when when she was a vampire, it was up there till six because you know they're. Uh, Invincible and invulnerable and immortal. She has the ability of energy projection up to a five. That's that's pretty high, honestly. That probably goes in line with her uh, ability to detonate on the subatomic level. She's probably one of those people who's like, they're more powerful than they even know. You know, you hear that. You hear that all the time. Her fighting skills are three. And honestly, that's pretty high, man. She must, um... She must be really spending her time in Wolverine's dojo, to be honest. But I, I like this. She can really, like, affect the different levels of her power. She can, like, shoot out little pretty decorations. Or if she wants, she can blow you to bits. That's, that's cool, man. It's, it's neat to see a character start off as one thing and then grow to become, like, more and more powerful. You know, she started off as, like, this 90s mall rat. And now, she's up there as one of, like, the team leaders. She's a veteran. She's a mom. She can blow up atoms. Very... Very, very cool. Let's, uh, let's go on the online right now. And we're going to take a look at some of her first parents' comics, some of her toys and different things that, uh, that are available to be out there, purchased and whatnot. Other stuff like, what was their first appearance? Is it valuable? Any cool toys or anything like that? You've got mail. Alrighty, tidy whitey, we are on the biggest marketplace in all of cyberspace, a site that goes by the name of eBay. And what we what we did was I typed Jubilee Marvel in, into the little search bar, and we're gonna we're just gonna like jump into the highest rated things. We're gonna see we're gonna see where we stand. There is there's a graded 9.8 first appearance copy, but it's also signed by Chris Claremont and Sylvestri. This is of course X-Men number 244. Somebody wants $1,400. For that, there is a card, a trading card that came out last year. Somebody wants $1,200 for. Here is a non-autographed uh, issue of the first appearance that wants, somebody wants $900. Let's, um, let's just take a quick look and, and we'll see what, like, some of these solds are. Let's, 
let's try to find out what the highest somebody has recently paid. So at, at this point, somebody bought a X-Men number 244, graded 9.8. They paid 355. That's that's pretty high, honestly. This is a comic book that I do, in fact, have. And I, I paid only a few dollars for it at the at the flea market. But honestly, that was that was before every, everything started to jump off. Before the jump off really started jumping. Comic prices are going through the roof. At, at one point, she was a Marvel legend. This was during the... During the Caliban Build-A-Figure wave, you can pick that one up for like 35 bucks. She's she's been a statue. Numerous, numerous trading cards. There were like there were like mini Jubilee trading cards. She was in the you know the animated series, so there is a um one of the boxes. One of the boxes of the issues has a picture of her on the cover. It's actually it's actually pretty cool, to be honest. There was a Jubilee Build-A-Figure. A Jubilee Marvel Legends build a figure at one point. That's pretty cool too, man. Here's a here's a 1993 Jubilee pin, like a like an acrylic pin you'd put on your shirt. Somebody wants 190 bucks for that. She has been a statue numerous numerous times. I'm not even kidding. There's like so many different versions of this of this character. She's somebody who I she's somebody who I see as sort of beloved. To be honest, she's been in everything from 1992 trading cards up until now. She's like, she's like somebody that people have grown up with and they feel very fond of, I, I think. And I, I could see at some point her making bigger appearances in, in Marvel films, even maybe like a potential uh, Disney Plus TV show. Once they really start popping off the mutants into the, into the Marvel universe, which we know is going to be coming soon, I could, I could see it. I. I think that the people creating the films are, are around the age to where Jubilee was one of these characters that, that's really important to them. So I, I could really see it popping off. So if you if you get the chance to pick up that uh, Jubilee first appearance, I would recommend getting that. Let's uh, let's just get an idea of what one like an ungraded one will go for nowadays. It's really hard. It's really hard to find ungraded comics on the on the online. That's really what people go for. But here's one. 85 bucks. Here's another one. 84 bucks. These these look like they're in good shapes. I did not pay anywhere near that when I when I got it. Here's one. The first appearance of Omega Red. That's 65 bucks. We we learned that uh, Jubilee defeated Omega Red at one point. I I believe. But uh, there have been any number of Jubilee items. I kid you not. She is a beloved character that we all know a little bit more about, guys. This is this has been fun. I I enjoyed getting into this with you. I I really I really did. So. If you uh, if you want more fun stuff like this, hop on over to icerobots.com. That's I S W E robots. We have a Patreon at supportthereport.com. The more you toss in, the more likely you are to get continuing episodes of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe. We got the IC Robots Radio Network with the uh, the Mister Sensational Gino Vega Podcast, Geekfest Rants, uh, any number of fun things over there. They can all be found at icrobots.com or search IC Robots Radio in whatever app you use to listen to shows like this. But, uh, guys, we're going to call it. We're going to get up out of here. But uh, until we meet again, make mine marvel. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day R. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.